I'm former Congressman Gary Franks. And I'm his son, Gary. I'm millennial. We're discussing everything from politics to sports and pop culture. From very different perspectives. We speak frankly. Welcome back. I am not sure how many people have been watching the NBA finals. I don't think it's going to have a have great ratings this year, but I'm going to make some general comments about what I've seen, Gary, because we talked about the fact that all too often we see players, you know, hanging out at the three-point line and people driving in and dishing off and everyone throwing up three-pointers, etc. Well, you know, the Lakers have really turned that around in this series because they actually are playing with a center and the center has been the most predominant player granted lebron has been has played extremely well and obviously anthony davis can be a forward or power can be a power forward or center but the point that i'm making is dwight howard and in the use of dwight howard has been magnificent as well as their other big guy because what has helped the lakers really destroy the miami heat it's the fact that they're getting so many second shots. And that philosophy, that philosophy of being able to take shots that aren't that, you know, aren't three-pointers, mid-range, et cetera, and have big men under the basket to get the rebound, that has been why they've been killing them. And that, to me, destroys analytics and allows us to get back to real basketball, which is take the best shot, Get your position for a rebound. Use your big man. And that's what they're doing. Dwight Howard has been playing in a magnificent manner during these games. And it's a person who many people have written off for various reasons. Attitude problem, this problem. But the guy's stats, unfortunately, when we start talking about honorable mention, he's going to end up in that category for me. But, but the bottom line of it is they are using the center position. They are using Anthony Davis at the center position from time to time. And guess what? because of various reasons, Miami doesn't have a center. And so they've gone with that stupid philosophy of the Houston Rockets of, hey, uh, we don't need centers. We can do well with just guards shooting the ball from 30 feet out all day long. Analytics will say that we will win the game. No, it does not say that because a layup is a lot easier to make. And, oh, by the way, you shoot a higher percentage if you shoot dunks and layups. And that is what the Lakers have been able to show in the playoff games. They just reversed on everyone. Everyone thought they were going to just launch threes, launch threes. Nope. Guy by the name of Dwight Howard is playing. And that they use their other center as well. And they use Anthony Davis. And they're just dominating the boards. They're winning the boards by 10, 15 rebounds a game. And if you do that, that's, that's a new form of analytics known as old school. You're going to win a whole lot of games if you get a lot of second shots. So okay, I had to interject that because it was so it just it's been screaming at me and I've I've enjoyed the game because of that because it, it it's it's not a just throw up three pointers all the time. And it, it's sad for, for Miami because they, they don't have they don't have anyone that they could counter that who could really you know grab a whole lot of rebounds while Dwight Howard you know led the league in rebounds on how many times and Anthony Davis can get a lot of rebounds and LeBron he specializes in triple doubles now. So they just dominate the boards. So I agree with some of your take, and I disagree with a lot of your take. Number one, the Lakers 
are you know in the bubble with the second worst team from the three point line. So they kind of have to play this way. First off, and let's give Frank Vogel some credit because he's done a great job when it comes to switching his lineup. Because against the Houston Rockets, Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee did not play. You're right. They played. Mm-hmm. They played Anthony Davis at the center spot. The Lakers built their team with more height than yep. anything else because the Lakers actually can go out there and Danny Green in their starting lineup is their smallest player and he's six five. So and the Houston Rockets' tallest player was six five. Yeah. So, you know, you're able to do that. You know, you can cause a lot of problems. But so just watching the game, there's two problems that the Miami Heat have. One is injuries. And the second problem is the way that they built their team, which I can't really blame them for because a lot of teams in the Eastern Conference built their teams this way. Um, Having a lot of great wings, because historically in the last 20 years, wing players have won the MVP, the finals MVP. If you look at LeBron, uh, Kevin Durant, Iguodala, Kawhi Leonard, you can go all the way back. Uh, Kobe, Paul Pierce, you know, the list goes on and on of, of, of wings that have won the finals MVP. And the Miami Heat weren't supposed to be here. The bubble allowed them to be here because, you know, I don't know if you agree or disagree with me on this, Dad, but if there was home court advantage, they would have lost to the Milwaukee Bucks or they would have lost to the Celtics or they would have lost to the Raptors. Because it's hard to win games in those environments. You're right, yeah. I agree. So, I agree with you wholeheartedly on that. That's they don't point. really belong here to begin with. The Lakers do, and it shows. But the teams that were trying to win the championship this year, the Milwaukee Bucks had the Lopez brothers and Giannis. They have, you know, they had extreme length. The Toronto Raptors had length, but Marcus Ibaka and you know, and Siakam, they had length. And those two teams were the number, you know, one and two teams in the Eastern Conference this year. So I agree with your analysis on it, but that's just the way it is. The Miami Heat were just trying to get out of the Eastern Conference, and it, yeah, yeah, it's very Gary, clear that you know that's the case. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think Miami is no doubt a surprise team in the finals. Whether you look at uh, any of the teams you mentioned, Milwaukee, or you didn't mention the Celtics, but I mean, yeah, you didn't mention Boston, but they had a good shot at it too. I just love the fact that when you have the traditional five players. And, you know, you have the point guard, Rondo, for the Lakers. Obviously, LeBron plays point as well. When you have the shooting guard, when you have the power forward, Anthony Davis, when you have the small forward, and when you have the center. To me, when you utilize those five positions properly, which is what they did in the 60s and the 70s and the 80s and the 90s and 2000s, it plays a lot better. I'm being super critical of really one team and one team only, and I'm glad they got rid of this coach. And that is the Houston Rockets, because the bottom line for people to start to to adopt that whole philosophy of so-called analytics. And it's far better to take threes and than mid-range shots and have a center. Why have a center and all that nonsense? It's just that nonsense. It's not exciting basketball because, as I mentioned in the prior episode, it forces teams to play zone. And we don't want to see European basketball. OK, we don't want to see Olympic basketball. We don't want to see that. We don't want to see zone basketball where people have to launch three-pointers in order to score. We want to see basketball one-on-one. You double-team someone to stop them, yes, but you don't just play an area. That is so boring. And so I am happy that the Lakers have gone to a more traditional lineup. And I do commend their coach for doing that. they, They have gone small ball as well. But I commend their coach for saying, hey, no, 
you got a perennial all-star sitting on the bench and he's pretty healthy and Dwight Howard. And let's see him just beat up on nobody because there's no one there. And and that's what he's doing. He is just beating up on on, on, on people unmercifully. That he, and he did a magnificent job against a guy who I'm going to mention pretty soon, and that being the Joker in center. He just beat the you-know-what out of him. And Joker was retaliated all the time and the call the foul on the Joker. And the Joker all of a sudden had two or three fouls in the first, first quarter. And that was it. Game over. Denver lost. So playing a person, a solid individual in each one of those positions, to me, is just so very vital. And I'm glad that whether the NBA and the Lakers are doing it out of wisdom or just doing it out of uh, just luck, that's great. Now, analytics, Gary, I'm going to digress for one second. You know, in baseball, we all understood the analytics of, of, of Billy Ball or whatever they call it. You know, obviously, if the count is three balls and one strike, guess what? You're going to get a good pitch <laughs> because it's three balls and only one strike. Three balls and one strike. You're going to get a good pitch. The next pitch is going to be a great pitch. You're going to be right down the middle. You're going to be able to hit it versus if the count is no balls and two strikes, you're not going to get a good pitch to hit because the pitcher wants you to chase. So, yes, analytics in, in, in various sports, and because everyone's trying to use it now in all the sports, you know, it has its place. But traditional play your position also has its place. And the, the traditional small forward, power forward, center, point guard, shooting guard. For basketball, it's worked for 40 to 50 years. Don't let Houston and teams that try to emulate Houston have you think that that's not the way to go. And I hope that it's been put to bed because Houston has been such a failure. One, this is not Mike D'Antoni's fault because Mike D'Antoni has always played with a power forward center that was very athletic, whether it was Amari Stoudemire, whether it was a Clint Capella, actually it was Amari Stoudemire twice with the Knicks. This is Daryl Morey, the GM of the Houston Rockets, who decided to trade his center. So let's good give point. Mike, Dan, you know, it's let's not point, let's good not point. bash Mike Antony for that reason. But also, also, I'm not gonna let you get away with giving Dwight Howard all this credit. He was following <laughs> the Joker, and they didn't call it because this is just the way it works. I, I said that. Um, I said and, he would hit the Joker, and then the Joker hit him back, and then he yeah, and he was doing he, he he was doing the same thing to Bam on a body, which is why Bam's not playing right now because Bam already had a shoulder strain going into the series. They knew that, but regardless of that, what it also shows is that in the postseason, and you know, I have to give LeBron credit for this. In the postseason, the game slows down. And when the game slows down, every possession is very, very important. And LeBron's biggest strength, and we'll talk about it later, is the fact that he's able to control the game. And because he's able to control the game, it's very hard to speed up the pace against them. And that's what the Miami Heat have to try to do by probably trapping them with double teaming. It's probably the only way they can do it. But that's when a big guy is able to come into play because LeBron doesn't want to play fast anyway. And it allows the big guys to get down to court and do what they need to do. So it'll be interesting to see how the Miami Heat speed the game up because they have to speed the game up to get Dwight Howard you know, and JaVale McGee off the floor. And plus, for the Lakers' credit, Anthony Davis doesn't want to play center anyway. He said that multiple times. He doesn't want to play center. So that's, how, that's why they had to get a center. So it just worked out that way. Now, also, Gary, you, we mentioned injuries, and, and I think we would be remiss if we didn't mention this guy's name, quite frankly. And that is, uh, who's the point guard that they have who's hurt? Dragage. 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 Gordon Dragage. Yeah. 
I mean, he's had a great uh, playoff run and uh, yeah, very clutch player. I always refer to him as the left-handed Steve Nash in a sense. It just reminds me of him. I don't know why, but you know, he's, he's not, he's not playing. And when you lose the guy who I think he was leading them in scoring as far as uh, throughout the playoffs, when you lose your number one, number two score, and you're going into the finals, I mean, that, 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 that in itself is, is can be a death nail for, for any team, regardless of who they're playing against. And so that, that misfortune is something that, you know, the Miami Heat's had to play their way through because both teams have to me have great coaches. I, I like, the uh, the Miami Heat's coach, I like their whole organization, the Pat Riley. I think that they're just a very classy organization. They work their butts off. They they hustle. They play defense. They do everything they're supposed to do, and they're in tremendous condition. And um, it's unfortunate in any type of championship series to have your your number one or number two score sitting on the bench. So in defense of the Heat, that's that's something that they could not overcome. Hopefully, he he, he may stay today, so uh, he may come back. Now we're taping this at the time that we we we're not sure what's going to happen in Game Three or Game Four, but um, yeah, hopefully uh, he'll have a chance to come back before the the series will come to an end. And um, I think it'll be a different series if he's if he were on the court and and the other guy who was injured. What's his name here? The big guy's out. I can't think. Bam of out of Bayou. Yeah, well, but hopefully but, he'll come back. Too. I think he's scheduled to come back for the third game. But let's just you know let's not beat around the bush. Yes, you know we're recording this before Game Three and Game Four, but it will be over in four. So even Gordon Dragon was playing, it wouldn't make a difference because the Miami Heat aren't built to beat the Los Angeles Lakers. I think the NBA really, you know, as fans, we really missed out on a great matchup between the Bucks and Lakers because both those teams have are basically built the exact same way. You're right, Gary. And we and missed out on that. I tell the you, reason why I didn't mention real quick, the reason why I didn't mention Boston is because Boston has the same problem the Miami Heat have. Now, yes, they have ta- you know more talented players with Tatum Brown. Kemba and Gordon Hayward. I think they all average 20 points a game this season. But Daniel Tice can't guard anybody. Yeah. He can't Good guard point. Anthony Davis. He can't guard. He can't Good point. Guard, um, Good Enos point. Cantor can't guard himself. Yeah. So, you know. Good point. Lack of a center. Yeah, you're line. right. Good yeah. point. Good point. Lack of a center. Once again, getting back to my original theme. It's nice to have players who could play each one of the, of the positions and not uh, guys who are just kind of there. And you're right about that with the Celtics. They they do have that deficiency as well. So can I mention one more thing real quick? Mm-hmm. Real quick before you go in on everything. The reason why these teams don't have a center or they don't have a Dwight Howard center is because and this is a flaw, and this is something that needs to change in the NBA, is that every team runs a switching defense. So there's a pick and roll or there's a pick, you know, to get a shooter open, they switch everything. And when you do that, it's hard for a center to switch out on a point guard when they do a pick and roll. So hmm. that's the reason why that they kind of eliminated the center positions. So what they try to do is they have guys like Anthony Davis and Bam Adebayo. I think both these guys are really good at this. They're able to guard all five positions for a little bit of time. So that's the real reason why they got rid of the center position. It just happens that that doesn't work during this time of the season. Here, yeah, but I think they have to work their way through that. And I, I think they will in time too, Gary. Because, you know, when you could see uh, some of the big guys, you know, my guy McGee, when he's guarding, when they switch off and he's guarding somebody, it looks ugly too when he's out near the top of the key. So I hear what you're saying, but I think that um, when all is said and done, back to the traditional power forward, small forward, center, shooting guard, playmaking guard. I think when they go back to that format more, I, I think that the record will show they are more apt to uh, win than if they were to resort to some other type of creative small ball 
type of basketball. Because bottom line of it is, Gary, if you can't get the rebound, you can, if you can get a lot of second second shots, you're going to win a whole lot of games. That's been the case from the time I was in high school, in the late 60s, 70s, till really forever. If you can dominate the boards, you will win. That's simple as that. Simple as that. It's not a game that you're not, I don't care. It, it, when you're talking about taking threes all the time, sometimes you're going to be hot, sometimes you're going to be cold. But if you rebound and you rebound, you out-rebound the other team, you will always win. You will always win. Well, I'll go to analytics or anything else and I'd like to have someone show me, when you have a 10-20 rebound advantage, a team loses, and it's not going to happen. And so when you look at the Celtics and they got you know Dwight Howard, 6'11 or 7 feet, you got McGee, 7'1", 7'2", you got, you got Anthony Davis, 6'11", you got LeBron, 6'9". I mean, you're, you're going to do all right. You're going to do all right unless you can, yeah. unless you can get, get something to counter that. And I, and I agree with you with, with the, in the case of, the, um, of Milwaukee. You know, they had the twins. Those twins, were, Lopez, were both seven feet tall. They're going to interchange those two like nothing, and they love playing center. I mean, they are bona fide centers. And when they get called out on a pick, pick and roll, you know they do their be- they do the best they can, and they they hang in there, and then they switch back. Not to mention, that, you know, the Greek freak is seven feet or, or seven one or whatever. And so you got to they can put together a front line of, of guys who are seven feet, seven one, and six nine, six eight. You know that's that's pretty formidable, <laughs> and you're gonna get a lot of rebounds because sometimes rebounds just fall into your hands if you're big. You know you don't have to you know touch the top of the square. All you have to do is get a good position and hold your position and put your arms up. And but sometimes the ball just falls right there if you're seven feet. You know, so there's a difference. Anyhow, it should be interesting to see how long it goes. I think we all know. I'm going to concur with you on, as far as the results, Gary. It will be a Laker uh, championship. Four games. Uh, uh, we'll see. I, we'll see how that how that works out. But I hope that the uh, the Heat can come come back sooner than later, full strength. Yeah, they don't have a shot. Um, <laughs> the better the better debate is to see who's going to win Finals MVP because all what's going to you know uh, the narrative's already written for LeBron to to kind of win Finals MVP, but I would like for them to give it to the guy who played the best. And right now, I think Anthony Davis is playing a little bit better than LeBron, so we'll see what happens. You know, Gary, I'm going to disagree with you there. At this point, I think LeBron is playing better than Anthony Davis. I've been very impressed by by LeBron. I, I once again, I've been critical. I don't like the bully ball. I do not like the fact that when he he runs into somebody, the the person falls on their butt, and they call the foul, and the person who is is falling on his butt. I think they have to change that rule. It's just like the rule that they changed years ago, saying that a player, if he jumps up in the air and and comes back down, it's not an automatic foul on that player if someone should hit him. It's a foul on the other player. And that was a good call. That's a good call because you should be able to jump straight up in the air and come straight down. That should be your space. And if someone hits you while you're where you jump straight up in the air, that's a foul on the offensive player. They've made that rule change, and that's accurate. They need to make a rule change, which it could be called anti-LeBron change, and, and maybe anti-Zion Ray Williamson if he tries to do the same thing. Where if that person is moving with you, he has every right to move with you. It's not because you move and he moves. That should not automatically be a foul. It should not automatically be a foul. The person who is the aggressor should have the foul call against him, not the person who's just moving. They have to understand that. The NBA should look at that rule and make sure they address the charge in the true spirit of a charge. A charge is when the guy who has the ball runs over somebody. That's a charge. It's like charge. Yeah, That's a charge, okay? It should not have to be. The guy has to be absolutely still. 
for a second or two and get plowed. You've changed the rule when it comes when it comes to a guy jumping straight up in the air and it comes back down. Obviously, he's not standing still if he's jumping up in the air. And you call the foul on the offensive player there. You have to carry that same theme to LeBron's running over people because that does not make the game exciting. And and and, it, and that type of bully ball really takes away from the game of basketball. Saying that, I also say, would say that LeBron is playing very good basketball in, in this series. And I do see him right now. If they had to give an MVP award, I know I would vote for LeBron James in, in this playoff. Now, real quick, um, that is actually a part of the rule. They just don't call it. They, they should. They should start to call that because it's absolutely ridiculous that these guys are on their butts and they have to raise their hand as though they fouled LeBron, which makes no sense whatsoever. I know if I've done that even once, you know, it's not even, it's not even a question. It's not even a question. Actually, that's not even the best one. The best one is when LeBron runs them over and then he looks around like, you know, like they didn't call a foul and then lays it in. That's the best one. It happens at least once once every game where all of a sudden LeBron looks around like, I'm wide yeah. open? Yeah, because you ran yeah. over him. Yeah, we, we, we love the fact that LeBron, you've been, you're in the gym, you're a super strong guy. guy, guy that we, we commend you for that. We commend your athleticism. All that is great. But basketball is not a game of running over people. I'm sorry. It is not a game of running over people. Following three terms on the city council and three terms in Congress, former Congressman Gary Franks' consulting firm has helped scores of companies, large Fortune 500 firms, small businesses, and even startup companies secure millions of dollars in federal government contracts and international business opportunities. Congressman Franks, a Yale grad, author, Fortune 500 executive, and former visiting professor at Georgetown University, UVA, and Hampton University will use his knowledge, experience, relationships, and strategic plan model to help you reach that next level of success. Schedule your participation in an upcoming webinar to learn just how Congressman Franks can help you. For more information, email gary at garyfranks.org now. So speaking of LeBron James, Dad, I don't know if you heard about Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant's podcast. Kyrie made a statement on there basically saying this is the first time that he can look at another player on his team um, in clutch moments and say, hey, look, he can make the shot too. <laughs> and obviously a lot of people on these networks who love LeBron James were very offended by it. But I didn't take it um, that way. I took it as basically saying, you know, in the last three or four seconds of a game, who can create their shot? Mm -hmm. And LeBron isn't the greatest at creating a shot. You know, honestly, I don't remember the last time LeBron James did a crossover move and went to the basket. I don't, I don't remember him ever doing that. LeBron's actually really good when he doesn't have to think, and that's great because in the game of basketball, you shouldn't be thinking. Everything should be instinctive. Uh -huh. So when he does catch and shoot, shooting game winners, that's when he's actually at his best. If you look at most of his game winner shots, it's usually catch and shoot or it's one dribble and then he banks it off the backboard or something like that. It usually becomes a disaster when he has to think, and, he, and then he ends up passing the ball to someone else, and it's like, what are you doing? So I understand what Kyrie Irving was saying because Kevin Durant can get the ball in the post. He can get the ball top of the key. He can break you down, and then with four or five seconds left, you know, he can hit a mid-range jumper. I think that's what he was really was saying. It's not that LeBron is in clutch. I think he was really saying that, that I can get the ball to this guy and just get out of his way, and he can make the game-winning shot. Well, I think there's no love lost between uh, Kyrie and, and LeBron, but uh, they do have a ring together, so. They, they, they should both be thankful for that. And, you know, I agree with you, Gary. I think that um, 
you know, LeBron, from an instinct perspective, you know, he, he is fantastic. You're right. He can get the ball. And in, in, in many instances, he would be able to put it in. But when you're setting up a play in the last six seconds, seven seconds, usually uh, teams don't do that anymore with LeBron. They usually do look for that alternative. There's probably a reason for that. So maybe there's a strong track record of him not coming through there. I think more importantly, LeBron doesn't want to get fouled. That's the problem with, with the last few seconds shots for LeBron because he knows that if he drives to the basket, it's very likely he's going to get fouled. And he he really, really, really does not want to be at the foul line shooting two shots and when the game is tied or down by two or down by one. And so because of that, everyone knows it. So, so because of that, he, um, he forces up a shot, a jump shot, and, and he thinks about it and, and, and it doesn't work out too well. So I, I kind of agree with Kyrie when he said that, but I think it's more because LeBron takes away part of his entire game, which is going to the basket and trying to get fouled. So with that being the case, I, I see why, why Kyrie made that comment. But as I'm going to go back to my comment of a few minutes ago. LeBron is playing extremely good basketball. They let, I saw a couple of times where they said, hey, go ahead, LeBron, take the three-pointer. I mean, they literally, all, all five guys fell off of LeBron. And LeBron was there. He could have he could have uh, mailed a postcard before taking the shot. And he, uh, you know, hit it on that. And I'm not saying that was a clutch shot. They were killing the team. But the bottom line of it is uh, he, he's improved on the shooting from the outside, at least in this series. I haven't seen him shoot this well uh, in, a, in a while. And it's something to... To, to see. Also, Gary, I noticed in one of the, I can't think of the name of the player, I think it was Rondo. They were talking about how Rondo was shooting so well from the outside. And they made a comment that I think we made not too long ago. Yeah. They said, you know, Rondo must be taking you know hundreds of shots a day because he's starting to be able to shoot well from the outside, Ben Simmons. So it can happen because we saw how Rondo was, you know, in his early days, not able to take a three-pointer. In fact, people used to fall off him, and they knew he wouldn't take the shot. And guess what? He wouldn't take the shot. He would pass it away, like you've been saying, like you, you know, like you've been doing. And so it can change just by doing something that Allen Iverson joked about one time, which is practice. Well, it's not just practice; it's perfect practice. He has to practice the right things. No, LeBron James is a better shooter now than he was even six, seven years ago. Because remember, the Spurs did that to him. You know, they backed off. You know. I'm pop with telling Kawhi just back off. He was even, yeah. you know, I'm showing with hand gestures. So no, he's definitely gotten a lot better from the perimeter, especially on when he's yeah. in rhythm. Yeah, you know, he can actually be a yeah. really good. And shooter. that's good to say. That's good to say. So Dad, I don't know about you, but my prediction in this series is that he'll go for. Oh, boy, well, I, I'm just hoping that Miami is able to be at full strength. But if that does not happen, I still see them winning one game. So I'm going to go with five. Don't forget to subscribe.